Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. You know, even though these were experts, you know, these are Harvard professors, you know, telling her that, like, this was it. She moved to California um, to go to different doctors who were willing to continue to treat her. And because of that, she lived another eight years and saw three of her four children get married. She got to meet all eight of her grandchildren. Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteering. I'm your host and COO of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an amazing community, and it's through research that we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners, the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the Elbrands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. It's because of them in this dedicated community that all of this is possible. One day, we will only refer to cancer in the past tense. That day becomes closer with each passing moment because of the efforts of every member of the Pelotonia community. One of those members is Courtney Granville, who has several connections to our one goal. The first is very close to home. Courtney's mother, Eileen, was a focused and determined individual who lived a unique life. Her cancer journey was no exception. In order to honor this amazing woman's legacy, we named our summer internship program after her. We'll hear more about that and all of Courtney's ties to Palatania, but let's start with her very first connection to this community in this episode titled, Her Own Way. My husband and I had moved to uh, Ohio in, uh, I guess it was 2008, um, with a young baby. I was finishing my PhD in biochemistry and working on a lab trying to develop new cancer therapeutics and uh, chemopreventive agents. And we moved here, and my husband had been working on a project for his company, and they were looking for a way uh, to sort of give back to Columbus. Um, He met a woman named Cindy Hilsheimer um, and uh, Mike Caligiri, who had this vision for starting a bike ride in Columbus. And he got really engaged in it because his company was interested in being a funding partner. NetJets was the, the founding funder. And, uh, you know, they worked out this model whereby this fundraiser, a bike ride, could be underwritten by their corporate sponsorship. And I remember being in Lindy's, actually, that sort of like fancy <laughs> spot in German Village. And I had a one-year-old baby and this idea was being talked about and um, you know it was sort of like just a pipe dream in a way and to sort of go through um, and sit on the sidelines sort of seeing this idea of Pelotonia develop sometimes in the basement of my own house um, it was really surreal to then 
show up at chemical abstracts with thousands of people, um, you know, survivors and researchers from the James and, you know, have this kickoff. So seeing uh, probably the all the scratch notes of what Palatani could be and um, to what it is now and yeah. what you've experienced over those years, what you know, what kind of emotion do you feel um, or sense of pride do you have in, in looking at that and seeing the journey that this organization's been on? Well, it's interesting because I do feel enormous pride in like the fact that something like this, such an enormous fundraiser exists in central Ohio. I think this is a really special community. And so beyond feeling a sense of pride in terms of what Pelotonia became, I think I feel a real sense of pride in the Columbus community and that it has really enabled Pelotonia to become what it has become. I know, you know, this cause is, is personal to you and it, it has a lot of meaning beyond just you know, fundraising and being on a bike. Um, you know, your mother uh, battled this disease and it's something sort of very close to you and, and hearing the stories over the years of how amazing of a person she was and just love to hear more about that experience with her and how you've shared that with other people. My mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer when she was 52 years old. Um, and that was really shocking because just a month prior, she had been down in Florida and went to her regular annual visit. No one detected anything. Wow. What happened after that? And, you know, everything that I've heard and know from my experiences, stuff just happened so quickly. Um, and, you know, telling your family and sharing the news with people and caring for her, what was that experience? It's hard for me to remember back to all the emotions because the journey with my mom actually ended up being a long one. Um, and that in its, of itself is surprising. When she was diagnosed, they told us that the best prognosis they could give what, was that she would live two years. A and she ended up living for 16 years. I think my mom had 60 plus cycles of uh, platinum chemotherapy during the course of the 16 years, which is really, really unusual. She would essentially achieve a remission every two to three years um, and then relapse. Um, but for whatever reason, her cancer would respond and she would get those remissions. After about, I remember about eight years into it and they told her they could no longer do any surgeries. Um, part of her journey along the way every few years, it wasn't just chemo, they would do some additional debulking surgeries and um, they, they told her um, there was really nothing they could do for her anymore. They didn't want to give her any more platinum. She was starting to develop um, neuropathies and things. That was of concern. But my mom, you know, even though these were experts, you know, these are Harvard professors, um, you know, telling her that, like, this was it. And, you know, she should think about quality of life. When, when they told her they couldn't do anything for her anymore, um, she moved to California um, to go to different doctors who were willing to continue to treat her. My mother, um, when Hazel was born, was living in 
Los Angeles, California, and I was here in Columbus, Ohio. And she would go through her treatment for a day. In California. In California. She would get on the airplane the next day and fly to Columbus. And she would spend about a week like convalescing in my house. And then she would spend two weeks hanging out with my daughter. She would sit with this little bopping head on her shoulder, on her lap. She, she had a stack of about probably at least 30 board books. My mom would sit there um, between, her, between Hazel's naps and read her every single book in the pile. <laughs> and she probably did that three times a day, That's every so day funny. for those weeks when she was there. And then she would get back on the plane and go back and do it all over again. She lived another eight years and saw three of her four children get married. Um, you know, she she got to meet all eight of her grandchildren um, before she passed away. In those extra eight in years. In those extra eight years. Yeah. Yeah. How would you describe your mom to someone that just walked in off the street and wanted to really understand who she was? I don't, I kind of have to half laugh when I think about my mom. She was you know, really um, somebody that was actually kind of hard to get a handle on. You know, she was really incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable. She was a bit crazy. I have this memory of her. One day I came home from work. I was, like, stressed out and tired. And my mom had completely moved all the dishes because she thought when you were unpacking the dishwasher that the cup should be in the left cabinet, not the right cabinet, and the plates that were in the right cabinet, you know, and vice versa. And so she moved everything around. And, you know, it's funny to look back on it because it's, first of all, sort of funny that someone would even care enough to do something like that. So, you know, this prompted like a huge argument in our house. My mom, you know, walking out and saying, you know, she never wanted to see me again and, you know, all this stuff, which, you know, is just, I think, sort of typical in a mother-daughter relationship. At least I think it's typical because that's how ours was. Um, but, you know, she just thought that there was a way that things should be in the world and that's the way they were going to be and you really couldn't argue with her she just you know was going to make it happen come hell or high water i want to talk about um our internship program at pelotonia and our internship program is actually named the granville internship program and it's in honor of your mother would love to just hear how that came about and why that's so important to you and how you and your family really used that as a vehicle to honor your mother and her legacy? Um, well, I think, you know, the opportunity to do something to remember a loved one is one that I think shouldn't be passed up. You know, we, when we lose people we love, uh, you know, we have so many memories of them. And I think it's easy to lose sight of those. And so having this internship, first of all, you know, on a very personal level is a way to honor her legacy and, you know, be able to, uh, at least on a yearly basis, have this touch point with the memories that we have and who she was and what she was about and be able to share that with other people. I think her story of uh, wanting to live and her story of 
being willing to try new approaches and her real passion for knowledge and science and um, wanting to move the needle on cancer so that other people wouldn't have to go through what she went through. I think this is a really amazing way to honor her because in having interns at Pelotonia, it not only moves forward the mission of Pelotonia as an organization by bringing you know, new fresh minds and by bringing hands to the massive job that needs to be done every much, summer. Much, much needed hands <laughs> in the summer. It also is a training opportunity for these interns. And I think that's something my mom would have been really proud of. No, that not only is she able to have an impact um, in that moment um, by allowing Pelotonia and helping Pelotonia to be what it is, that great event every year, but it's also seeding these young minds that then are going to go out into the world and through whatever they do, whether they remain in cancer research or cancer philanthropy, they have the experience of what it is to be Pelotonia and they can bring that with them out into the world and have a, have a positive, meaningful impact. One of the coolest things that happens in the internship during the summer is... Um, you know, it's not necessarily work. It's it's uh, it's personal discovery and learning about yourself. And um, how did that come about? And why is that such an important part of the program? Because I think it, to me, that really puts the mark on, um, you know, honoring your mother. Is that this is not just a regular internship. It's about learning. It's about learning who who you are. And I think that's really special. You know, the the way that that internship came about was just really organically. And, you know, it it was started out of need um, and it it grew over the years. One of the things that I personally had been tremendously involved with in my career, um, formerly at Battelle, was around um, mentoring young people um, around professional development and working in professional environments. And I remember... Um, talking with you, Joe, and Steph about uh, the internship program and really wanting to make it an opportunity that was, you know, bar none, the best one in Columbus. And um, it was really incredibly special for me to be able to bring my own personal interest in professional development um, to that program and think about ways that we could impact um, the interns uh, towards, you know, towards their future career goals. Your mom passed away in 2014, and soon thereafter, in 2015, you decided to make a really tough decision on your own. Yeah, I um, actually made a decision in 2015 to do something I'd been thinking about for a long time, um, and that was to have a prophylactic hysterectomy. The other piece of this is that my mom is one of four girls. All three of her sisters are still alive, but all three of them have had breast cancer. And my mom's mom also had breast cancer. So that's like genetics 101. You look at the family pedigree and every single female circle that came before you, every single one has had breast or ovarian cancer. And I knew I had this opportunity um, to do something about it. 
In the summer of 2015, I actually was a, a patient at the James, not as a cancer patient, but for preventive reasons, and I had a complete hysterectomy. What was your experience like as a patient there? I mean, we hear stories all the time about, you know, everybody knows the hospital's beautiful and it's clean and it's nice, but um, talk about the staff and your doctors and the experience you had with them. Yeah, so actually my uh, doctor there was uh, Dr. David Cohn, who I think probably a lot of people in the Pelotonia community know because he's such an amazing supporter. He's amazing. Um, he's an amazing cyclist as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, David and I had gotten to know each other because he actually um, helped care for my mom. We, My mom had this plan that when she got really sick, she would move to Columbus and uh, live with me and my family. And, and um, my husband and I, we felt really um, strongly about wanting to care for her and care for our family members in that way. And, and so uh, because she knew her medical treatment was going to be really important and she wanted a doctor who really understood her and understood her disease, she would see Dr. Cohn every now and again when she was in town visiting us from L.A., and he actually uh, was the one who cared for her in the last two months of her life. So I had gotten to know Dr. Cohn over years, um, really even outside of Pelotonia. He and I met and just talked through my options. And um, he, you know, that experience, he's such a compassionate uh, person. And I didn't even really feel like I was talking to a doctor. So in 2019, you rode on a new Peloton uh, called Team Egan. And this was one of the, the biggest fundraising first-year Pelotons we've ever had um, and had a contingent of 15 to 20 strong of people that came from New York uh, to ride uh, in this event. They had never seen the event before. It was their first time. And I think that was really special for them and their community. But can you talk about you know, what Team Egan was, what it meant, uh, why you guys decided to start the team in the first place. It really starts with um, our good friends, Patrick and Sarah Egan. Patrick was a fraternity brother of my husband, uh, and he and his wife, Sarah, became incredibly close to uh, Danny and I when we were living in Washington, D.C. Patrick lived uh, outside New York City. He was just a really like wonderful, fun person. He was one of those people who could just like really bring people together. And uh, unfortunately, in September of 2018, he went to the hospital with shoulder pain. They ended up determining that he had a tumor. And he was finally diagnosed with angiosarcoma, which is a very aggressive cancer of the blood vessels. And uh, Patrick had a really short battle and ended up passing away in uh, January of 2019. I think it was interesting being a part of Pelotonia this year. His wife, Sarah, um, captained Team Egan in memory of Patrick. And that was really, I think, in part born out of the relationship that Sarah and Patrick had 
with us here in Columbus and knowing that we had been involved, you know, sending in, you know, checks to support our rides. And, <laughs> you know, they had been aware of it and as had other friends of Patrick. And that sort of friend group really kind of coalesced around Sarah and said, let's do this. And I know um, it was a way for, I think, those around Sarah to do something. Um, and to be a part of a bigger movement and do something in memory of Patrick. I had a new experience where I really felt the tension of the excitement and celebration with the fact that we had just lost this 42-year-old father of three children, you know, after really a three-month battle. I know I was really surprised by it in that in the emotions that I was feeling this year and I think that Sarah and her family were really surprised um, by how how good it can feel to be part of something that is that is moving the needle. One of the most memorable Pelotonias for me was we were when one year we were still riding to OU. I can't remember which year it was, but it was so rainy. Um, I was doing. I had trained that year to ride 180 miles uh, with my sister, who lives down in North Carolina. We were riding along the, this bike path that brought you in the final stretch, and uh, my bike slipped, my wheel slipped, and, and I and I wiped out, and I took my sister out. I don't know, I somehow managed to get back on my bike and ride. It turned out actually that I separated my shoulder um, in that fall, and, and but I went to bed that night. So, so I, I, I managed to finish the 100 mile ride with my sister. I ended up making the decision to not ride the next day, but that was a really hard decision because I felt really well sort of prepared and, and ready to go and I felt like, I was gonna sort of conquer this milestone that, you know, was really important, almost to like show solidarity with, you know, my mom, I guess in a way, and what yeah. she had gone through. And I don't know if that's part of the power of the ride, you know, you sort of push yourself to the limit um, uh, as much as you can, you know, to show that you can, you know, achieve something that, that's difficult, I, I don't know. When I'm riding, I'm thinking, Oftentimes when things get hard, you know, about the fact that, you know, how hard can it be? You're sitting on a bike, you know, pedaling, and yes, your quads hurt, um, but you're here. So your husband, Dan, is actually our board chair, and he is an amazing human being, uh, as you know. And just want to give you a chance to send him a message uh, on this podcast and, and maybe just share with him sort of, you know, your point of view and, and what it's been like to watch him over the last 12 years. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, Dan Rosenthal, my husband, is really an incredible individual in that he has a way of being able to cut through all the BS, I think, and really see what's important and focus on what's important. And then beyond that, to be able to really rally people to come together and do the right thing. He really works hard um, to make sure that Pelotonia exists 
year to year to make sure that we have corporate partners to keep Pelotonia funding afloat so the Pelotonia as an organization can put on the incredible ride and assure that those rider raised dollars go to cancer research. And I'm just really proud of him for not giving up on that. You know, I think in that first year's ride, we'd really seen the power of how that corporate funding can be leveraged to raise more for research. And we saw the power of the community coming together. And Danny just wasn't really willing to let that go. And, you know, I'm just, I guess, really proud of him for spending the time that he spends um, to assure that that can continue to happen. At Pelotonia, we are fortunate to work with amazing people every day. And we're so grateful to have Courtney and Dan as part of this community. Thanks to Courtney for sharing her story with us in this episode. If you have a story you think should be included in this podcast, send an email to the address located in the show notes. And just before we wrap up this episode, we need to thank our major funding partners once more. Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, Peggy and Richard Santulli, and the Elbrands Foundation. It's because of them, every penny raised goes directly to innovative cancer research. Here's a preview of the next episode of One Goal. I just wanna say that beyond your uh, commitment of a million dollars for this purpose, beyond the, the uh, committing the, the, the profits from merchandise sales for the frontline uh, healthcare providers, but also the Pelotonia's community Posting the videos uh, of support for the frontline providers of healthcare was awesome. You've been listening to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. The first half of season two will be hosted by me, Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar, with interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications team duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blower. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orin Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their amazing stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as that will help others hear these empowering journeys. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.